Come and follow. That's the name of our new series we started last week. And if you missed it, that's okay. You can listen or watch online to the first message in that series. And today we're going to be in our our second week in that series. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 35. If you have a Bible or a smartphone, if you want to turn there. We're also going to have the slides up here on the screen so you can follow along. Um, Because today is Come and See. You know, we had a a great week this week in the week of our church. We, We debuted our new website, our new logo. It was really exciting. We also kicked off our community groups this last week, and we had 99 people sign up in 10 different groups, so we're really excited about that. And if you're like, oh, I missed it, that's okay, you're number 100. We, we got a spot for you. We will find you a, a place in a group, because there's still some groups that have some openings. So we'd love for you to join that, even if you're the 100th or the 120th. Okay, you can still sign up today, we'll get you in. Well, it's so good uh, to see you all today. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here, and, and we are in this series called Come and See. Come and See. Um, I, I do want you to notice in your bulletin, um, some of you will be following along taking notes. And, and a thing that we just started last week, we have a great prayer team here. They're, they meet Tuesday nights to pray, and they also meet between the two services to pray for what's going on here on, here on Sunday, to pray for you guys if you send in a prayer request. But at the bottom, they're putting together a prayer so that we can pray throughout the week. So that's something that you can take home and look at those verses and be praying throughout the week. That's something you're going to see every week coming up, and they've done some, uh, some great work putting those together um, that correlate with the messages we have and some of the things going on in the seasons. So you can follow along there and take notes today. And there's these prep questions too. We talked about those last week. There's, going to be a, there's only one question this week, but that's your homework assignment. The prep questions for community groups this week. So you do that, show up, and you're ready to discuss when you get there. So John 1, 35. Come and see. My wife, Melissa who's hanging out in the back, who was born and raised in Moab, Utah, which is a pretty cool town to be from. You know, if, if you've ever been there, it's in southeastern Utah, right on the Colorado River. It's kind of the hiking, mountain biking, off-roading, uh, mountain climbing, uh, rock climbing, I mean, um, center of the world. People come from all over the world to come there. Arches National Park is right outside of the town, as well as Canyonlands. It's an amazing place to go and visit. And once we were talking to a couple a few years ago who was thinking about going there and they were going to go on a big trip to see all of the Southwest and they were going to spend a day in Moab. And we were really excited and we told them all about it, what places they could go and see. And When they came back from the trip a while later, we said, oh, so how was, how was Moab? Did you like it? And they said, well, we didn't go. I said, oh, what happened? What, what happened? Well, we were listening on the news and it said they were going to have some really bad rain. And we heard that there could be some really bad flash floods, so we just decided to skip it. I was like, what? You missed Moab? Oh my gosh, you missed so much. Because not only did they miss a cool place to go see, but they missed the flash floods, which are one of the coolest things to see ever. If you ever have the chance to be out there in the desert um, when there's flash floods, you'd have to be careful, you have to be safe, because people get washed away, their campsites get washed away all the time because they camp in a canyon, because when the rains come so quickly, because it's so dry, the water comes on and it creates rivers and waterfalls everywhere. It's an amazing sight to see all the cliffs just have waterfalls that were, weren't there a second ago, and just boom, it's amazing to see. So Moab's cool to see, but it's especially cool to see in flash floods, and this couple missed it. I was like, oh, you missed it. You missed it. And I think a lot of people do that when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to faith and when it comes to Christianity. They hear people talking about it. They see, you know, these people are into it, but they don't actually get to see it. They miss it. 
something goes on in their life and they, you know, they miss what God is doing. They don't see the amazing things. They don't take part in the amazing things that they could take part in. They just miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. I'm pleading with you. I don't want you to miss it. And that's why this message is especially for you today, if, if you're there, because I want you to come and see. That was the invitation Jesus extended to his followers. Just come and see. Just come and see. Just come check it out. You don't have to have everything figured out. Just come and see. And some of us in here are unsure about Christianity. We don't know about the Bible. We're kind of skeptical about things. Say, I don't know how it all works. I don't know if it fits with my life. If I became a follower of Jesus, if I became a Christian, what would it change about me? What would it do for for all these things in my life? And we're unsure about it. But Jesus offers us an invitation, and I want to extend it to you to just come and see. Just come check it out. Because this call that we're looking at through this series, when Jesus calls us to follow, it starts with just coming to see. And this should begin to shape our lives and the life of our church as well. C.S. Lewis in his book, Miracles, wrote, There comes a moment when the children who have been playing at burglars hush suddenly. You know, kids are playing cops and robbers, burglars. He says, they stop. Was that a real footstep in the hall? There comes a moment when people who have been dabbling in religion, man's search for God, suddenly draw back, supposing we really found him. We never meant it to come to that. We're still supposing he had found us. So it is a sort of Rubicon. One goes across or not. But if one does, one may be in for anything. You know, we just kind of play at spiritual things about reality, about religion, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, God shows up. Are we going to take the step to see, to check it out, to say, is there something more to this? And we have to decide, will we take that step across the Rubicon? And I challenge everyone today to take that step. If you're curious if, or you're unsure or you're skeptical, just to take a step forward and investigate a little bit more. And that's what my challenge is to you, and I hope that's our challenge for our church. You know, our, our new motto, our, our new slogan that we're, we're talking about, our mission here is to help people follow Jesus. We're inviting everyone to that. This whole series is about this call to Jesus. But as he calls people to follow him, it starts with just that first step of investigation. Now, I showed you this arrow last week in my message. And in this arrow, there was uh, all sorts of different marks along it on this path of following Jesus. And it began with people who were kind of unaware, unsure, uh, didn't know anything. And and then they become a little interested. Who is Jesus? Maybe there's something to this. And then they begin to investigate and, and then eventually understand and believe and start growing in their faith until they're all in. And we're all at some place along this spectrum. Some of us are like, man, I'm, I'm not even on the spectrum. You know, I don't even know if I like Jesus. I don't know if I like Christianity. But we're all somewhere on there, and Jesus is calling us to go on that journey, to follow him. And I, I broke this down a little bit further because Jesus gave four different calls that you see throughout his ministry. He asked people to follow him in a lot of different ways, but he began, as we're going to see today, by just saying, come and see. It's an invitation. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't even have to believe. Just come and see. And throughout the rest of the series, we're going to look at these different calls that Jesus has as we go to follow him. But today, it's come and see. So let's start in verse 35 of John chapter 1. The next day, John, who is John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. 
When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Come and you'll see. Just check it out. So what's going on here? Um, These guys don't know Jesus, and all of a sudden they see him and begin to follow him, and they want to get to know more, and Jesus just said, come check it out. Come hang out with me. So our first point today, if you're taking notes, is that when you follow Jesus, you don't know all that's ahead. You don't know all that's ahead. You don't know what's going to happen in your life if you do choose to follow Jesus. You don't know what's going to change about you, what's going to change about your world. You don't know. And that's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out ahead of time. You just come and see. That's what Jesus extended to these guys. Now, John was probably the greatest preacher of his day. We call him John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. And he was a phenomenal preacher. Thousands and thousands of people went to go hear him speak. And what's interesting about him is he didn't wear a suit. He didn't have a jet. He didn't have his own TV show. In fact, he went out into the desert, away from everyone else, and they followed him because he was that good. And he didn't say, if, if you come and, and you practice your religion with me and you give me your money, I'll make you a millionaire. I'll, you'll get rich if you follow me. He didn't say anything like that. Instead, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is coming. Repent. He said the axe is at the root of the tree and it's about to chop it off and be thrown into the flame. So repent of your sins. And the people that were willing to repent of their sins, he baptized in water saying, hey, there's someone who's coming. It's greater than me. John the Baptist was amazing. And, and I find it so crazy. He wore like leather skin, you know, just crazy stuff, camel skin. And he ate locusts. Do you know what locusts are? He ate them. That was his food. And yet people wanted to go hear him preach. This is amazing. John the Baptist, he had his own group of disciples, people wanting to learn from him. And then comes along Jesus. John sees and says, look at that guy. That's the one. The greatest preacher of his generation says, that guy, look at him. And all of a sudden, these two disciples who have been following John, learning from him, turn and say, we've got to check out him. There's something unique about this Jesus. Hey, Jesus, can we hang out with you? Where are you staying? And he says, just come and see. Just come along. You don't even have to know where we're hanging out tonight. Just come and see. They didn't know what they were getting into. They didn't know what was ahead, but they knew that something was different about Jesus. And they were going to check it out. So when we begin to follow Jesus, we have no clue what we're getting ourselves into. We don't. We don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what we're going to learn, what's going to change about our lives. We, we, we have no idea. You know, I, I think it's time for a confession. You know, when, I, uh, when we were going to have our, our daughter McKinley, I had thought a lot about having a daughter and having a kid. I was thinking that I'd tuck them in at night and read them a story. When, I even thought about having a teenager and, and the conversations that I'd have, but I never once thought about having a baby. I don't know what, what I was thinking. I just never thought about a baby or what it would be like taking care of a baby, going in there in the middle of the night, changing diapers. I just didn't think about it. But even though I had no clue what it was going to be like, it was totally worth it. It's amazing. I love having our eight-month daughter, McKinley. She's amazing. I love getting up in the middle of the night even to take care of her when she's screaming her head off. It's just cool to be a part of taking care of this little life. It's amazing. So in the same way, 
and even in a greater way, we don't know what we're getting into when we decide to follow Jesus. We don't. There's no way you could have any clue the path that your life will take. And yet, it's worth it. I don't know all that's ahead. I don't. But I'm just going to take one step on this journey. That's what Jesus invites us to. So for those of you who are planners, any planners in here? They want to know everything that's ahead and have it all planned out and figured out. Jesus says, just forget it. Just come and see. I know it's hard. Uh, Philip Yancey once wrote, I have learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. That first step of following Jesus, you don't know what's going to be ahead, but yet it's going to be worth it when you look back. I didn't know my life would take me here. I didn't know that this would change about me, but it's totally worth it. So you don't know all that's ahead, but that doesn't, shouldn't stop you from taking that first step to see who Jesus is. And what's amazing is what we're going to see next in this story is that when people do begin to follow Jesus, it's so good, they're going to invite others. So let's look at verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So this is Peter, the leader of the early church. And his brother Andrew was one of those two guys who, when Jesus said, come and see, he wanted to see. He did. And now he's saying, this guy Andrew barely just met Jesus. And he's saying, hey, come with me. The first thing he does is go get his brother. He wants him to be involved in this too. He doesn't know what he's getting into, but yet he wants somebody else on the journey with him. So our next point is that when you follow Jesus, you invite others to follow. Not follow you, but to follow Jesus. You invite others because you're going to say, whoa, this is interesting. This guy is different. Something's different about Jesus, about Christianity. We've got to be involved in this. You bring your family members, your spouses, people that you barely know. You say, hey, come check this out. There's something different, unique about Jesus. A few years ago, I was reading the Bible with a young guy and after we had been studying for a while, um, I asked him, hey, are you ready to believe in Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior? He's like, yeah, I'm definitely ready. So I taught him a simple prayer that he could say to ask Jesus into his heart. And this guy said the prayer, and then immediately, without my prompting, started to pray for his wife, that she would believe too. I I didn't ask him to do that, but he knew that he had found something, and he wanted her to have it too. He wanted to share that with the person he cared about the most. And that's what we do. We invite other people. We help other people follow Jesus too. Even if we don't have it all figured out. Like, I just got here last week. And then you bring your friend the next week. And for some of us, that makes us nervous. They're like, Matt, no, I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I don't do that thing. I I don't do that. But there was one study recently that found that 82% of people who don't go to church would be at least somewhat likely to go if they were invited. 82% of people would be willing to go. So that's why we just invite others. Say, hey, just come and see. That's what we invite them to, right? And that's what we want our church to be, a place that people we can invite people to just come and see Jesus. Just come, check it out. You learn a little bit about the Bible and investigate. You can go home. I'm letting you. You can go home and check if what I'm saying is true. Think about it. Pray about it. Talk to other people. Study what I'm saying. Study the Bible. Investigate those questions you have. That's what we should be doing. But we need to be a place where we just invite everyone. Because here's the next point that we're going to see in verses 43, because not everyone believed right away. 
Look at verse 43. It says, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him. So he's doing the same thing that Andrew did. Finds Nathanael and tells him. He says, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And what does Nathanael say? Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Are you kidding me? Follow a guy from Nazareth. So our third point is that when you follow Jesus, you can be skeptical. It's okay. You can have your doubts. You can have your worries. You can be unsure about things. You can even say, I don't think that's right. But you just take a step and say, maybe it is. And I'm just going to investigate. I'm going to check it out. You can be skeptical. Nathaniel was, and he was one of the 12 disciples who became the leaders of the church. Nathaniel said, Nazareth. You see, Nazareth was a very small town, a rural town. Maybe a few hundred people were from there, and, and Jesus was from there, and it's kind of a podunk, redneck Phil, right? I grew up in Colorado Springs, and we would have said that about Pueblo, like, oh, you came from Pueblo? And that's, I'm sure, what people from Denver said about Colorado Springs, right? I know, well, I'll be honest, you know. That's how it is. You always have that place, oh, that place? Oh. And that's what they said about Nazareth. They had a bad reputation, and they said, no, nothing good can come from there. Why would I listen to somebody from there? But I'll, I guess I'll go. And Nathaniel did go to check it out. Okay, if you say there's something unique about this, I'll at least step up. I'll be skeptical, but I'll check it out. You know, a lot of people think that, that faith of following Jesus is like skydiving. You just have to jump out of the plane. And it is. But not in the way you think. See, most people think, oh, you just jump out of the plane. Who knows what's going to happen? Ah, it's just a leap of faith. And it is a leap of faith. Uh, Bill Carson at Turbulence is going through a series called Leap of Faith. You do take a leap. But here's the thing. What do you actually do when you go skydiving, for those of us who are brave enough to do it? I have never done it. You go and you research the company. You make sure nobody has died (laughs) from this company. You read the Yelp reviews, okay? Is this good? You go and you watch a video of how to do it, right? And then you see the equipment, you check it, you're like, okay, do these straps work? Do I have the, you know, what, what do I pull? You, you make sure you know what you're doing and you have somebody jump tandem with you so you don't have to do it by yourself. That's what you do when you go skydiving. You're like, okay, how many times have you done this? Several thousand? Okay, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. So that's what you do when you skydiving. You're just kind of testing, checking, and, and you investigate things. And then finally you might take a leap, right? So it's the same way with faith. Yeah, it is scary. Yes, we don't know where we're going, but we're going to test it out first. It's okay to test the waters when it comes to faith. It's okay to check it out, investigate, read for yourself, answer those questions. So you can be skeptical. You can be. You do not have to know how Genesis and evolution fit together. You don't have to have that figured out. You don't have to understand and agree with everything the Bible says about human sexuality. You don't. You don't have to know everything about what the Bible says, period. You just have to be willing to take a step and say, I'll investigate, I will come and see. You can be skeptical and begin your journey to follow Jesus. Jesus said to Nathaniel, just come and see. Elizabeth Elliot once said, Faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. You don't have to have it all figured out, but you're willing to investigate some more. Not just give up and say, I guess there is no answer, because there is. You've got to keep seeking and looking for it. So come with your doubts. Come with your lack of answers. Come with your skepticism and follow Jesus. Just come and see. 
And what's amazing is that when you're willing to do that and take that step, you're going to see something greater than what you would have thought. Verse 47 says, When Jesus saw Nathanael, the skeptic, approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's what Jesus called himself, the Son of Man. He says, You, 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 you say you're believing now just because I, I told you what you were doing before I saw you? Just wait and see. Just wait and see. You're going to see greater things than that. So our fourth point today is that when you follow Jesus, you will find something greater. You'll find something greater than you ever thought you would. Greater than even what I'm telling you. It's, it's greater than that. You know, um, I think what a lot of us do is we fill up on the bread. Let me explain that. You know when you go to a nice restaurant and you're so hungry and you get the bread and you're just taking it and eating it and eating it, the, re- the waiter brings another basket and another basket, so by the time your food gets there, you're not even hungry. Ever done that? Yeah, I think we all have. And then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not even hungry. Dessert, boo. Okay, we fill up on the bread. The bread's good, right? But it's not the appetizer. Just wait till you try these appetizers. Wait till you try the main course. It's going to blow your mind. Wait until you have the dessert. Ooh, it's delectable. But we're filling up on bread. We have these good things in our life that we think they're pretty good. We have a nice house. We have some friends. We got our family. We got things worked out with the job. And we think that those things will give us fulfillment and meaning. And yet, we're filling up on bread. It's a good thing, but not the great thing. Okay, Jim Collins, okay, the, the real good to great is by following Jesus. It's by following Jesus. He is the thing that's greater. And just come and see. Just come and see. You'll find out. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis once said, The people who keep asking if they can't lead a decent life without Christ don't know what life is about. People think, I have a good life. Things are okay. I I can figure this out. No, 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 no. You don't know what life is about until you've begun to follow Jesus. He is the thing that's greater. So this is our big idea. It leads us right into this. That I want to challenge you. I want to extend this invitation to accept Jesus' invitation to something greater. Please, I plead with you, accept Jesus' invitation to something greater. He just says, come and see. And if you're willing to take those steps on that path, you will find something greater than you ever thought you could. You'll find something greater. Did you notice in in verse 51, there's a really uh, confusing theological topic going on right there? Let me read that again. He said, he, he then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What the heck is that about? Well, Jesus is referencing a story from the book of Genesis in the Old Testament because there was a man named Jacob. And Jacob had a name that God gave him when he chose him. Does anybody know what his name was when God gave it to him? Israel. He said, You will be called Israel. Because from your descendants I will make a great nation, Israel, and they will be my people. 
And Jacob had his issues, and he had his doubts and worries about things. And then there was this one night where, you know, he's wrestling with this angel, or, or wrestling with God, you know, what, what's going on in the story, and he wrestles, and then his hip gets knocked out of place. There's all these crazy things that happen with Jacob. And, and then this one night, he lays down his head on a rock, and he has this vision, this vision, it, it doesn't know if it's a dream or, or, or if he's actually seeing this, that there's these angels coming down on a like a staircase or a ladder. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. So there's these angels coming up and down, and they are a sign that this man, Jacob, is the one that God has chosen to bless the world through. He will be the representative for God's people on earth. Well, Jesus says, hey, remember that story? Well, you will see me, the Son of Man, and you will see angels ascending and descending on me. What he's saying is, I am the new Israel. I am greater than even Jacob. Because I will be one who, who never sins and does nothing wrong. And I will do such great miracles. And I will teach with an authority that you've never heard before. And I will show you things and I will do things that you never thought imaginable. And then I will die on the cross for sins I did not commit. And I will rise from the dead. You will see the most amazing things. They didn't know what was coming. And he just gave them a hint. He said, you'll see greater things. You'll see that I am the true Israel. The one that if you believe in me, all your sins will be forgiven. And you will be made right with God. He just gave them a little hint, a glimpse, a taste of what was to come. And he does the same with us. He says, if you come and see, if you come and follow, you'll see greater things than this. Jesus is still at work in the world. And his forgiving, atoning sacrifice on the cross is still available for us. And if we believe, we can rise with Jesus Christ at the end. That's an amazing invitation that Jesus offers to us. And it's available if we just would come and see. We would just come and see. So I want to extend that invitation to all of you today to just to check it out. To see what the greater thing is that God has for your life. Just, just come and see. And I want us to be a church that extends this invitation to everyone no matter where they are, because they may have some good things in their life. You know, John's disciples, they were following and learning from the greatest preacher that there was in the day. And yet, when, as soon as they saw Jesus, they left him to go follow Jesus. We're not just sticking with bread. We're going for the better thing. We're not going to miss the great waterfalls. We're going to go for everything because we want the greater thing that Jesus has for us. So will you come and see? Andrew Garfield, the actor... Um, was in a movie earlier this year called Silence, and I haven't seen it yet, so I can't tell you whether it's good or not. But in order to prepare for this part as a Jesuit priest, he began to do the Jesuit practices, and a lot of it is meditating on the scriptures, especially the verses of Jesus' words, and to memorize them, to, to let them sink into your soul. And this is what he said in an interview about this. He said, you know, what was really easy was falling in love with this person, was falling in love with Jesus Christ. That was the most surprising thing. God, that was the most remarkable thing, how easy it was to fall in love with Jesus. He wasn't religious. He had no faith, but he started to go and see who this Jesus was, and it was amazing to him. Because Jesus is different. His call is unique. He just says, just come and see, because what you will see is greater than anything you will leave behind. Let's pray. Uh, God, um, I 
I thank you for sending your son Jesus to, to just offer this invitation. Just come see, just check it out. That we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have all the answers. We can have our doubts and skepticism. And, and Lord, I just pray that that invitation would be extended to everyone here and they would feel that tug on their hearts, Lord. And Lord God, since with everyone's um, eyes closed, if you're here and, and you're saying, well, Matt, I'm ready to take one step. I've been skeptical. I've had my doubts. I've been unsure, but I'm ready to take a step. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. Everybody's eyes closed. If that's you and you're ready to just investigate one more step, I want to see your hand in the air. Awesome. Awesome. Lord God, I just pray that you be with those people who raise their hand, that they're willing to take another step and investigate. They don't know if it's all true. They don't know if it's all going to be as great as it's cracked up to be, but I pray that you lead them on and show them how great you are. And I pray for all of us, we might be able to take that step forward in our faith, whatever it is, to get to know you more. And and Lord God, I I just pray that we would be a church that welcomes everyone who's seeking, who's unsure, who's skeptical, who's doubting, who thinks Christianity is a bunch of crock. Lord, I pray that we would be welcoming to those people that they might see you and come follow you and that their lives might be transformed. Lord, thank you for this morning. And we come to you. Amen.